Hello and welcome from Good Shepherd Church of Camarillo. We're so glad you're with us. Here's today's message. Well, today we are starting a new sermon series, and that's this is going to take us through the summer. We're looking at what we're calling life-changing lessons from the parables of Jesus, and we're going to be specifically looking at the parables of Jesus from the book of Luke. Parables, as many of you know, are really at the most basic level, are, are stories that teach some kind of lesson or illustrate some kind of life truth. Now, in the Bible, what the parables do for us is they illustrate a spiritual truth. As we know in our lives, life is full of stories that teach us something, some kind of life lessons or fundamental truths about life. But what's unique about the parables, first of all, is that they're spoken by Jesus They're spoken by the Son of God. They're spoken really ultimately by God himself, the creator of the universe. And so what he speaks is life-changing. The message that Jesus has, the lessons that he teaches us are life-changing. And so as we look at these parables over this summer, I want us to remember that these aren't just simply stories. I want us to come to understand, my prayer is that we would understand these parables as containing a life-changing message, not only for our lives here on earth and and how we live, but that these life-changing lessons have a message for eternity. They have an impact on every human soul. The one that we're going to start with today is the one that Maya has kind of already gone over with us, with with the kids. Uh, It's the parable of the sower from Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. So I encourage you to take out a Bible, whether there's a a Bible in the seat in front of you, or if you brought one with you, um, or maybe taking out your phone, pulling up your Bible app. Uh, We're going to be in Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. And I want to briefly set the stage here. A word about Jesus had widely spread. His, his popularity had taken off. He had begun his, his ministry of healing and, and teaching and performing miracles, and people started coming out in droves to hear Jesus teach. And so Luke 8, 4, it says that a great crowd gathered People from every town. And in Matthew's gospel, Matthew talks about this uh, same parable, records this same parable. He notes, it says that great crowds gathered and Jesus got into a boat and sat down and began teaching. And so I want you to picture here a a very large crowd, a, a diverse crowd, a mixed group of people. And this is who Jesus is speaking to here. So Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, 
and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What Jesus is saying right here to all these people, this mixed group of people, this huge crowd, is he's saying, everybody, listen up. Listen up here, because there is something in this for everybody. And this was the parable that he spoke. This is what the crowds heard. And what we have to see right away is that all these different types of soil that Jesus describes here all represent different types of people that he was speaking to. Some of the people, of course, represented the hard soil along the path. Some represented the soil among the rock. Others represented the soil with the, with the thorns. And then some with the good soil in which that seed, as we just heard, grew and it, and it yielded, it says, 100-fold, far beyond what any farmer would ever expect. So I want you to imagine for a second, if you're sitting on this beach among this great crowd of people, what would you be thinking if you heard this parable? First of all, I, I know personally, I'd be like, okay, what does this mean? What's he talking about here? And the other thing that I would be thinking, I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking, well, I want to be the good soil, right? That sounds the best of all. I mean, I mean, who would want anything else but the good soil? Well, we are all in luck today because we have the advantage that as we read this parable, we have the meaning right before us because Jesus spells it out for his disciples as we continue to read on here in Luke chapter 8 uh, starting at verse 9 let's continue it says when his disciples asked him what this parable meant he said to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God but for others they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So what is it sounding like here? We kind of get the impression that Jesus is intentionally keeping secrets, that he's keeping secrets about how to gain access to the kingdom of God or how to receive eternal life. But what he's actually pointing out to the disciples is he's pointing out a great reality. And the reality is this, is that those who see Jesus, those who hear Jesus, the reality is that many are going to hear and going to reject Jesus and his message. But the disciples, the disciples are among those who are responding. And they're with Jesus. They had answered that call to go and follow him, and they're seeking understanding from Jesus. And so Jesus is with them, and Jesus gives them the inside scoop. He clues them in, and he clues us in. Isn't it awesome that we have the scriptures before us, that we can hear this explanation that Jesus gives? Let's read on. 
Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The one along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. We don't really need a lot of explanation here, do we? Jesus spells it all out. He tells what this parable means. And simply put, the seed is God's word. God's word going out. And what, what do, how do we understand that? We understand God's word going out as what we know as the gospel message, the good news, the message of salvation. And the, the sower goes out and spreads the seed the sower is, is the one who represents the one who spreads God's message. And this could be really any way that God's word goes out. We have all different ways right now in today's, in our day and age of God's word going, going forth. It's, it goes forth from the pulpit on Sunday mornings or whenever people attend Church, it goes out over the radio, it goes out over podcasts, it goes out through his written word as people sit down and read it. Now, Jesus' audience would have been very well acquainted with this picture of a sower going out and spreading the seed. Now, we don't picture that as much. Someone just going out and, and spreading seed all over, but what they would normally do in, in, in Jesus' day, a, a farmer would go out to his field and, and spread this seed and then would go back over it with a plow and, and that soil would come back up over the seed, on top of the seed. And so they would have been well acquainted with this idea of a sower going out and spreading this seed. But this parable here, the lesson that Jesus has for them and for us has more to do with the four different types of soil than anything else. And this is where it gets personal for Jesus' listeners, and this is where it gets personal for each one of us, because the truth is that every person who ever has heard God's word or continues to hear God's word, who has heard God's message, heard the gospel, the way of salvation, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Everyone who has heard that continues to hear it represents then one of these types of soil. And the biggest question that I have for each one of us today is which soil type are you? Or which soil type do you want to be? I think we would all agree that we, we want to be that good soil. 
I mean, it doesn't really end well for the other soil types, does it? These are life-changing lessons for us, learning about these four different types of soil. And the first thing that we see is we see a warning. We see a warning for those who are not believing and who are not receiving the word of God. The first three types of soil here are, are those, that type of soil, the ones that are not believing and not receiving. They all have something in common. They have the same outcome. Ultimately, for all three of these first types of soil, the hard soil along the path, the rocky soil, the, the soil among the thorns, the outcome for every one of them, even though they all have a little bit of a different story, a little bit of a different journey, the outcome for all of them is ultimately unbelief. It's kind of hard to know. It's kind of hard for us to know here about the people that Jesus is describing, whether these different three, first three different types of soil, whether or not they actually experience true salvation or not. We don't know. And this, again, is, is a word picture. Jesus is using this to illustrate. We don't know exactly the, the, the condition of, of the people's hearts. But what we do know is that we can all relate to these first three types of soil. Maybe one of them was you in the past. Maybe one of them is somebody that you know. Maybe you heard the, the ones along the path and, and maybe you think of someone that maybe continues to hear God's word but doesn't respond. Or maybe one of them is you right now. There are some who hear the message of salvation and are simply prevented by the devil. Like these hearts that are the soil on the path, hard hearts, hard soil, in which the gospel takes no root at all. Verse 12, Jesus describes it as the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Then there are those who hear the word and, and receive it, and it says, receive it with joy. But Jesus says that these have no root. They believe for a while, and we don't know what, what type of belief was that. Was it just simply believing the part of the gospel that you want to believe? That, yeah, I'm, I want to I get to heaven. I don't believe that part of it. It says receiving it with joy, but then in time of testing, fall away. Thinking that, yeah, I, I want that heaven thing, but I'm not willing to walk as a follower of Jesus in this hard life, on, the, on my hard journey, and in the time of testing, then fall away. Have you maybe experienced that or seen this? I know my personal example, I, I shared several weeks ago about a time, a season in my life, a season of doubt where my faith was, was wavering. And I have to be honest that in my teenage years, those were hard years. They were very hard years to be a follower of Jesus. 
And my classic example, and many of you might be able to relate to this or, or have heard similar stories, is, is uh, we, we had a, a strong network of believers in my, uh, even in my public school that I went to. And we had many opportunities to hear God's word and to be in fellowship with one another. And every year we would go uh, to Bible camp, similar to the fly convention, which our youth go to every other year, although not this year. It was canceled, but we're making another Bible camp. And Bible camp is one of those places where you hear the word of God and you get excited and you think about, yeah, I want to. I want to experience salvation. I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. And, and then you kind of come down from that mountaintop experience. And what you once received with joy, not long after, things get hard as a believer. You get too busy and distracted by other things, and you come down from that spiritual high of what you just think as... If I'm a follower of Jesus, it should be joyful all the time. I should always kind of have that warm and fuzzy Bible camp experience, right? But that's not the reality. And, and what Jesus wants to do through his word, what God wants to do through his word, is plant that seed of faith in us in which we receive salvation, we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, Forgiveness of sins because of what he's done for us on the cross, but then that we grow and that our roots of faith grow deep and that as we grow up, as our faith grows up through that soil, that that faith continues to strengthen us. Our belief and our trust in Christ continue to grow so that when those trials come, when those hardships come, that our faith is not choked out. That's what he wants to do through his word. If we're open to receiving it that way. Then there are those who says here, but then their faith is immediately choked out by what Jesus describes here. Listen to this. The cares and riches and pleasures of this world. Jesus spoke these words over 2000 years ago. And what I love about the words of Jesus, what I love about the pages of scripture is that they are so relevant to us today, aren't they? Because isn't it the same problem today that people can hear God's word, but immediately the cares of this life, the things that I care about more than my spiritual life, the cares of this life, the cares of this world, the riches and pleasures of this world, that I can start to care more about my own reputation or my own success. Or I can start to care more about the success of, of my children or the success in my job or, or what my future holds or what's the next newest, greatest thing. And immediately, our faith can easily get choked out about those cares and riches and pleasures of this world. It's hearing the word of God, and, and knowing it's true, but thinking that, yeah, someday, someday, I don't need that right now because what I feel like I need more is the riches and the pleasures of this life. 
the things that are right before me in this world. And there's a warning here because Jesus is, is no fool. He, he knows what's in your heart. He knows that many are going to hear, many will see, but will they truly believe? My question today is, have you truly believed? It's appropriate to ask that question. 2 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And if you don't Examine yourself. I, I guarantee you that a trial or a hardship is going to come and will test you. Will test your faith. Second Peter 1 10. It says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're, God is, is softening your heart. Maybe you're, under conviction, under the word of God, realizing that my heart has been hard. Or God is, is chipping away at my heart right now and, and, and making it soft and, and ready to receive the seed of the word of God, the seed of faith that God truly wants to grow in me. And, and maybe you realize, wow, I've, I've heard God's word. I, I've known it. But wow, I am caught up among the thorns. I am spending way too much time caring way too much about the things of this world. I'm caring way too much about the next best thing, the riches and the pleasures of this life. And you're realizing right now that that is in vain. It's futile. There's no purpose in it. There's no ultimate fulfillment. And you're saying, Jesus, I am, I'm ready. I am ready to receive. I have great news for you today. If that's you today, the next thing we see is an invitation, an invitation for those who are ready to receive and ready to believe. One thing that I realize as I've been wrestling with this and, and reading, about, reading this parable and, and examining it, studying it, is that we cannot change our own soil. Can, can soil change itself? Soil doesn't change on its own. And so the, the easy thing I could tell you today would be, hey, work on your soil. Work up your soil. I wish, I, could, I wish it was that easy. But soil doesn't change on its own. What makes soil get hard? Soil becomes hard when it's not cultivated. What makes soil rocky? It's when the water washes rocks over the field and in that field or part of piece of land becomes filled with rocks and, and rocks don't just remove themselves from the field and what causes thorns to grow up thorns grow up when the soil is not cared for when the soil is not weeded but soil left to itself without no intervention just gets hard 
It has rocks that wash into it. It has weeds and thistles or thorns that, that start to grow rampant. And in the same way, the, the soil of our hearts, without the Holy Spirit's intervention, the soil of our hearts are, are never ready or willing to receive the Word of God, whether that's receiving the Word of God for the first time or continuing to receive the Word of God and for God's Word to continue to strengthen you. We just read in the Scripture reading that all Scripture is inspired by God, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, so that the follower of Jesus will be equipped, ready for every good work. That's what God's Word does. That's what God's, God wants to do with His Word in each one of our hearts. But that does not happen apart from the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Martin Luther in his small catechism where he's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit explains it this way. Many of you who grew up maybe in a Lutheran church maybe learned this in your confirmation class. But it's beautiful words. He says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. And in the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. That's the Holy Spirit's intervention. That's the Holy Spirit at work softening the soil, cultivating the soil so that we can actually receive it and so that God can do his work in our hearts. Has your heart been hardened in unbelief? Or maybe you're in a rough patch in which you feel like those weeds are, are growing up around you and, and threatening to choke out your faith. My call to you today is to turn to the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit, what only the Holy Spirit can do, to cultivate your soil and to pluck out those weeds, and to continue to make your soil soft and ready to receive what God wants to give you and how God wants to strengthen your faith. Third and, and finally, this parable gives encouragement, gives encouragement to those who are continuing to receive and believe the word of God. Because maybe you're here today and, and you're hearing this and you realize that by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you realize, oh, I praise God, I am believing. I have received and I'm continuing to receive and believe. And that through the work of the Holy Spirit, that continual work, that you're, you're realizing, well, my soil isn't perfect, but my soil is, is soft. That's where I believe we all want to be, right? We all want to have that soft 
soil, that fertile soil, so that God can continue to speak his word into our hearts and so that we can continue to grow up in our faith so that our roots can grow down deep. And ultimately, as Jesus says, to produce fruit in the end, to serve him, to love others, just as we just sang that that God's love would fill our hearts so much that it would flow over into the lives of others. So this is the encouragement that I want to leave you with today. As you think about God working that soil, cultivating that soil, the Holy Spirit cultivating that soil in your heart, I want to leave you with a few indicators, indicators that the Holy Spirit is cultivating good soil in you. Now, I want to be clear that these are indicators. These, what, what I'm going to list here are not, it is not what makes you a follower of Jesus. These indicators are, are, are not in any way what cause salvation to happen in us. We, we, we know that that is the work of the Holy Spirit. But, but these are indicators that the Holy Spirit is at work and that you have soil that is continuing to be cultivated. And the first indicator is that you are eager to hear the Word of God. Whether that's coming to church and, and hearing and receiving God's Word, whether you're hearing it on the radio or hearing it on a podcast or just simply your own personal reading of God's Word. If you are eager, and, and, and maybe it's not always that you're just like up right away in the morning, just ready to go, ready to read, but you know that it's important. And you are longing to hear what God wants to give you and how He wants to speak to you even when your flesh might be weak, but realizing, God, I need to hear from you. I want to hear what you want to speak to me and how you want to work in my heart. I want to hear exactly what it is that you want to speak to me. So first, eager to hear the word of God. Second, seeking to understand. Seeking further understanding. That's where the disciples were. They heard the parable. They were with Jesus, following Jesus, and Jesus, help us understand what you're teaching. And that's an indication that the Holy Spirit is cultivating that soil in you, is that you're seeking further understanding, that you are asking questions, maybe of another believer, or maybe a, a someone who, who is a, a further along in, in their spiritual journey, or maybe know a little bit more about the Bible, asking questions, or joining a group, or studying, and, and delving deeper, doing personal study on your own, that you're seeking to continually understand God's Word and know God's Word better. The third indication is that you're noticeably growing. Because God wants to grow that faith. If you can be able to look back, sometimes we can get discouraged in our walk with Christ and, and feel like we're not growing, but when you take a step back and look and see the ways that the Holy Spirit has worked in you. Last night, several of us were together and um, Alex and Aaron were there with, uh, with Wesley and Sam and Sarah were there with uh, Lucy. And we were there with Chloe. Chloe was born last year. She's 15 months old now. And there was a moment where I was holding Chloe up next to Wesley. And everyone, everyone, what they noticed was like, wow, 
Chloe looks so big. She looks huge. And it wasn't until we kind of compared them side by side where we saw that significant growth over 15 months of life. As God, God's word grows in us and the Holy Spirit continues to, to work in us, we can start to see areas of spiritual growth in us. How do we see that growth? Well, sometimes growing looks like becoming more and more concerned about the things of God than, and, and less about the things of the world. Sometimes it looks like standing strong, having the courage to, to stand strong in the face of opposition or, or persecution. This is then a hard one. It's probably the hardest one for me. The, the third indication of growth is that we start to view trials, that we start to view hardship as opportunities to know God deeper and more intimately. Because when we're tempted to just run, tempted to set our faith aside because things, when the going gets tough, it, it just gets too hard, and we can throw in the towel. But when we're growing through the power of the Holy Spirit, we start to view trials as opportunities to know God intimately and deeper. James 1 verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness, has its full, when it has its full effect, then you will be comp, uh, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Now, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing, is that something we're ever going to experience here fully on this earth? No. But that's the way in which God is working in us. That when we encounter those hardships, we encounter those trials, God uses it to mature us and to produce a, a steadfast faith. And those, those roots, those roots of faith grow even stronger. The last part of, of growth of this noticeable growth and this, these indicators that I'm talking about here is, is that we start to produce fruit. Look how Jesus closes this. Luke eight fifteen. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. And last, he says, and bear fruit with patience. With patience. And we can get impatient, can't we? We can get impatient with maybe not seeing the fruit of our effort. Maybe that's reaching out to a neighbor, sharing the seeds. You yourself are sharing the seeds of God's word, the gospel, or maybe it's a loved one that you are longing to see that, that seed germinate and, and take root in the soil and, and grow up in faith. But God doesn't call you to stand and observe the fruit. He just calls you to go out and be one of the sowers of his seed. 
in proclaiming his message, sharing his message, loving our neighbors. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We'll start to then see that fruit some way, somehow. But we're not called to stand and watch, try to stand there and watch, see if that fruit's going to grow. We're called to be faithful. And what Jesus promises is that they will bear fruit with patience. That patience will pay off. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you continue to let him cultivate that soil in you, where you are continuing to grow as a disciple of Jesus, where your faith continues to grow and, and be strengthened and continue to, to produce fruit, or sorry, to, to spread the seeds of God's word. God will do the work of growth. He will bear the fruit in and through each one of us. As we ask the team to come up, I want to lead us in prayer. And my prayer is simple this morning, is that each one of us would yield to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. That our our hearts would be the, the good soil that Jesus describes. That every day as we walk as, as Jesus' followers, that we would receive the words that he wants to give us. That that salvation message would take root in us. And that the Holy Spirit would produce fruit through us. But my prayer is simple. That we would be open to the Holy Spirit's work. And that our soil would be soft and fertile. Let's pray. God, we recognize that it is only through your Holy Spirit that you can cultivate that soil of our hearts. And I pray for each person here today that they would yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. That your word would be planted deep in us. It would continue to take root, continue to grow. And I pray too that those that feel hardened right now that are realizing your Holy Spirit's work right now just in in starting that process of softening that they would be open and receptive that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would chip away, chip away at their hard hearts. You would do that work of softening. And for others here today that are grateful for your Holy Spirit's work 
and realizing, yes, God, I have soft soil. I, I want to want to receive from you. I want to continue to receive from you. You would continue that work of softening and cultivating day after day to accomplish your work, the work that only you can do in each one of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.